for the Watch podcast has salty language like they use in Slaver's Bay. Beware. Welcome to For the Watch podcast. I'm Aidy, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Rhyme and Reason. With me is... Your faithful For the Watchman, Joshua Price. Thank you for being here. Always. For the Watch. For the Watch. This is episode 6 of the latest season of Game of Thrones, which is season 6. This episode is titled Blood of My Blood. Blood of My Blood. You can find past episodes um, of our recaps on ForTheWatchPodcast.com, and you can follow Rhyme and Reason on Twitter for updates. There was some news that came out today, mm-hmm. since we are recording this a little bit later, and that was that there's going to be only seven more episodes for the next season, which means they're going to have to condense a whole bunch of stuff, which hopefully means they're all moving into a direction that you know consolidates a lot of storylines. Which is a shame, because there's a lot to unpack in Game of Thrones, but they've already mucked it up, so... At least they'll get it over quickly. True. Um, so I guess, where do we start? Uh, we start beyond the wall, uh, picking up from where Hodar left off, with Mira and Bran heading into the forest somewhere we don't even really know. Uh, Mira is screaming and dragging Bran to the forest, while Bran is pretty much like doing some Matrix shit with his mind and seeing all the futures and pastors something. Um, but within this vision, we see... Uh, a lot of scenes with Aerys Targaryen. This is the first time that we actually see him. And, of course, he's screaming, like, Burn them all! Burn them all! Um, Aerys Targaryen, for those who don't know, is better known as the Mad King, uh, whose infamous reign predates the beginning of the series. And he is kind of one of the events that sets everything off. Um, we also see a lot of wildfire, which uh, raises some questions, as we know that Jaime killed the pyromancer and the king before the wildfire was unleashed. And also, this... Uh, wildfire is underneath, like, the Iron Throne. So sitting on top of the Iron Throne is like sitting on top of a powder keg, basically. Um, since, like, wildfire is incredibly fucking dangerous. And in, in this Game of Thrones universe, they don't have gunpowder, so they have this kind of magic liquid substance, which is wildfire. Where did it come from? Um, it's made by the pyromancers. It's like a secret art that's known only to very few how to make it, basically. Um, it's almost like liquid dragon fire, almost. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I also saw an interesting thing about how Game of Thrones hasn't advanced as a society because of dragons, um, and whereas, like, medieval times, uh, warfare was, you know, army versus army, but until cannons were created and gunpowder was discovered, uh, then the castles became outdated, basically, because they were just sitting, like, t- targets, So um, it's interesting to see that they don't have these technologies that we do, and they have alternate ones, but yet with these alternate weapons that they have, also with dragons in their universe, they haven't advanced at all. That's crazy. They've been stuck in this Middle Ages. It makes sense, though. Yeah. It's on the Nerd Rider. It's very interesting. Hmm. And then we also see uh, the Night King turning uh, the Craster babies, or whatever babies he may have found lying around, um, into more White Walkers. Now, we have seen this before on previous uh, seasons. Yeah. When they first revealed the Night King, I believe. And his weird palace up in the north somewhere. It's like this ice palace or some shit. Anyway, that's kind of cool. Um, so, Mira is running through, and of course they don't get really far until more whites start appearing. Um, the whites are the zombies. And she only has, like... Three of them come after her, like, or maybe like six. Still, they're. I mean, she's outgunned. But I really love the uh, the CG for the skeletons. The skeletons yeah. are my favorite part. They're like, Wee! 
<laughs> and they make weird noises, but like the animation for them looks really fucking cool. So I was happy about that. Um, but then she is miraculously saved by a man on a horse wielding a flaming morning star, just whipping them into the whites, uh, because flame will kill them a lot faster than conventional weapons or any weapons, I think. So why didn't they just try that? Why didn't the the people at Castle Black or you know the Night Night's Watch just launch like fireballs at these people? They they launch fire arrows. That's much as they can. But when they were quote unquote attacked, it was the wildlings, not the. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, and when John went up to. Uh, the, I think the west side of the north to get the wildlings to come down on boats. Hard home? Yes. Um, they didn't know they were coming. Right, so they, they were weren't prepared. prepared. They didn't have the fires ready. They didn't have the weapons. They didn't have time on either. So that's why, uh, I, I think. I mean, it makes sense that they weren't prepared. And also Jon Snow had that sword that could kill things. And Right. Those can destroy the White Walkers, Valerian Steel. But I believe in, like, maybe the first or second season where White... I mean, not White. I'm also confusing this with the book, probably, but John kills a White uh, with fire in the early history of the book slash show. Anyway, I believe you. Yeah. Uh, and so the man that saves Mira and Bran is uh, Benjen Stark, and this is the... Not the first time, but one of the few times we see Benjen Stark, because we actually see him in one of the first few episodes in season one, I believe. I'm, I'm not even sure if it's the same actor, but if it is, good for him, because they change a lot of actors that are, you know, kind of lower on the tier. Yeah, and he w- disappeared um, when John went to the wall. Like, he and Benjen went to the wall together. Yeah, he was going to serve with his uncle. Yeah. And then he just, like, never came back from beyond yeah. the wall. Yeah, he's like, I gotta go do some scouting, so peace. Yeah. And then, um, John went to look for him when they went up to Crass's keep and all that, and they didn't find anything, so they just kind of went back with the knowledge that whites and white walkers exist, essentially. So, Benjen's back, but he's not quite back. He's kind of unredead, Alive again? Maybe? Who knows? Uh, he was attacked and kind of killed, but then one of the children of the forest brought him kind of back to life with the same method that was used to create White Walkers. So he has a piece of um, obsidian in his chest, and he doesn't look quite alive. He's quite pale. The cold preserves him pretty well. Yeah. So he's also known as Cold Hands in the book, and in the book he doesn't... Well, so far in, like, the book, I might, you know, we don't know what Gur Martin's writing, but uh, he actually interacts with Sam uh, a lot more in the book, and he saves Sam and Gilly and helps them uh, get a way, find a way back through the wall that's not through the uh, uh, Castle Black and the big gate. Um, and there is a weird magic portal that is in the face of a weird word weird wood tree um that like opens up and it's really fucking weird and uh he runs into mira and bran and i forget the dead kid's name but bran or mira's supposed brother and he's like oh i'll i won't tell john you're alive i can keep a secret but anyway they kind of pass and so bran goes in to the north and Sam comes back down south and everyone just kind of keeps going and not telling anyone anything. Okay, so Cold Hands is not Benjen Stark in the book. 
Not explicitly, but it's, you know, it's kind of obvious. All right, so then we head over to Hornhill, which which um, apparently is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew that Sam uh, really came from that place? Uh, he and came from Gilly, money. Yeah, and family that is not that great. Sam and Gilly were in the wheelhouse with little Sam, and they're on their way to supposed safety. Um, Sam is basically telling Gilly, you know, it's going to be a little awkward coming back after being away such a long time, and that his father is pretty awful. Uh, Gilly's supposed to keep quiet about her being a wildling because Sam's supposed to have been killing wildlings, and that's how he can prove he's a man. A man, man, a man's man kills wildlings um, up north of the wall. And when they actually do reach the um, Hornhill, uh, he meets with his sister and his mother, and they are like fawning over the kid. Um, and he just introduces Gilly and little Sam as his family now, and they're all excited about that. So they have a dinner in which Sam's father starts fat-shaming Sam about mm-hmm. how fat he is, how useless he is, how he shouldn't ha- be having any more bread because he's, he's so fat and soft. So uh, Sam talks to Gilly, and they she's like, well, I'm going to have to stay here. It's going to suck, but I'll do it. And he's like, well, yeah, what else can we do? And like he goes out the door and then comes like immediately back and says, you know what, through this, let's just leave. Yeah. It's not worth it. Uh, because they find out, Gilly is found out to be a wildling, and it's just a horrible situation for her. Um, so they steal the Val- Valyrian st- sword, Heartsbane. It raises the question, like, what is the purpose of this long storyline that we followed with him and Gilly, if it's all leading up to this one sword? Well, like, you, you know the um, the old saying about uh, Heartsbane is you, you pull it out in the one of the episodes, you got to have to use it later. Yes. Yeah, that old saying. That old saying. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're gonna have to use this sword later um maybe in the next season when sam might finally be back but who knows how much time could pass in between this season and the next because we're going like day to day here but who knows they might jump a couple years ahead but i would have been totally happy with them just having a short scene where they said okay well we're heading over to Hornhill, and then they were in Hornhill, and then they got the sword like it was just drawn out. It was stupid, like, as if too. We need an, I don't really need another terrible father. Or, like, another really shitty, obvious scene of we know exactly what's going to happen and exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah. There was no surprise here. It's like, Gilly, don't say you're a wildling at dinner. Gilly says she's a wildling. No fucking shit. Oh, my God. And, like, oh, that's the sword heart spade. Okay, it's so made out of Valyrian steel. Yeah, like... Thank you for telling us that. Now we know exactly what's going to happen in the plot. You guys have no subterfuge. You're not subtle at all. It's incredibly obvious writing. Yeah. It's so ham-fisted. It's very, very predictable. So, so I didn't like this scene. Yeah. Um, one other thing we learned was that people in the South still don't believe in White Walkers, so it's going to be really difficult for Jon Snow to rally the troops if no one believes they actually even exist. So we whiplash to King's Landing. Um, so Tommen has been apparently talking to the High Sparrow a lot more than we thought, and so he, uh, goes to visit the High Sparrow, and the High Sparrow lets him see Marjorie, and apparently Marjorie has also been talking to the High Sparrow a lot more than we thought, and they have this really weird scene where they're like, oh man, do you know how cool the High Sparrow is? Yeah. Bernie Sparrow for, for president. Yeah, they've, they're totally, uh, drank the Kool-Aid, the High Sparrow Kool-Aid, and, they seem just so weird about it. Uh, Lord Tyrell leads the Tyrell army into King's Landing to rescue Marjorie and Sir Loras, and they're all up in like the uh, the 
is it the chapel, the cathedral, the holy place? I'm not sure exactly what the name Wherever it is. the high sparrow hangs out. In his ch- nest? In his nest, essentially, yeah. Um, and so they're trying to make this big scene to go rescue the royalty, and Jamie uh, goes up the stairs on his horse to be, like, all up in charge and whatnot. And then uh, they're going to rescue Sir Loras and Marjorie, but they, it was basically to stop them from doing, like, a walk of atonement and, you know, and to kind of save face for the royalty. But it was funny because HBO actually didn't give a nudity warning for this episode, and that's kind of like a spoiler, like we knew wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So Marjorie still has all of her hair, and uh, Lady, Lady Olena was um, giving uh, Mace Tyrell signals. She's doing a lot of face acting. Yeah, a lot of face acting going on. And, uh... It was actually a lot of just, like, I'm gonna look at Lady Olena, then Jamie, then Mace, then A lot of Marjorie. close-ups. Yeah, it's A lot like, of close-ups. Okay, this is not a staring contest, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Please do something now, and then, um... What is this, Dune? <laughs> then Jamie goes up that those stairs with his horse, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, and, uh, that's when Marjorie and Tommen, they declare that, you know, the, the faith and the church and the crown should be as one... So they kind of buddy up with the Faith Militant, and the High Sparrow gets what he wanted all along. I did hear in one of the podcasts that I listened to that um, somehow he had created armor that incorporates the seven-pointed star and and the crown. No, Tommen. Oh. So that's like what's on all the breastplates of these new this new guard that he has. Oh. And it's like, well, shit. how did how did no one know about this? Like, it should have at least someone should have known. Yeah, like Cersei he, would have probably been informed. They didn't make that armor overnight. Right. It takes time to do all so, these things. So that kind of doesn't make sense with the timeline, um, and it shouldn't be much of a surprise. So now there's like the royal faith militant. It's like the royal militant. This is ridiculous. Okay. So then they discuss Jamie and he gets uh, stripped of his Lord Commander job because of his sins and like how he killed uh, the previous king and all this other shit that he's done. So he gets sent to Riverrun to fight the Blackfish with uh, Walder Frey's sons because apparently this has been a thing happening in the background that no one has really talked about until this episode. Which we will talk about Walder Frey in just a, little, like a few minutes. Yeah, so Cersei says, like, you know, go lead our, our dudes, be a good leader. Um, I'll get my trial by combat. I'll use Frank and Mountain, and you know that wraps it up for the royal family. So, do you think that her prediction is correct, though, that everything is going to go according to her plan of the trial by, um, what's it, combat? I'm well. I'm curious to see if they actually choose to do a trial by combat. Who the opposer would be. Um, I'm hoping you might be like one of the Sandinistas or something that have been. In King's Landing, but we haven't seen them for a while. Right. Uh, but... You mean like the Sand Snakes? Yeah, the Sand Snakes, Sandinistas. Wait, <laughs> what are the Sandinistas? Isn't that like a gorilla group in, like, Costa Rica or something? I don't know. We don't talk about gorillas on this podcast because they get killed. Yeah. In zoos. Anyway. Yeah. So but that... I'm, I'm interested to see how the trial by combat will go because... I don't know if they're even going to abide by those rules, but I am hoping for the Sand Snakes to make a comeback. I'm pretty sure it's all going to go incredibly wrong for her, and she's going to be screwed, and she won't have Jamie there to back yeah, her Yeah, she'll up. have no one there. I mean... Because, who, I mean, Tommen is now switched over to the other side. Yeah, I mean, so so what if Jamie said to, like, fuck the prophecy of that old witch? So far it's come true, so bitch better start believing. Right. 
Um, so then we go over to Bravos, uh, where Arya is hanging out and watching that play for like the third time, and um, she's really getting to like the Lady Crane performance. And if you remember from last episode, she's supposed to kill Lady Crane, even though she seems like a nice lady. Um, so Arya goes through the trouble of um, poisoning the rum, and like being all sneaky about it. Then she runs into Lady Crane and kind of talks to her a little bit, has a conversation with Essie Davis, aka Lady Crane, aka the actor actress who plays Cersei in the um, play. And then she has that conversation, and they talk about uh, mercy. You know, she, uh, Arya calls herself Mercy. That's what her name is, supposedly. Um, and the, Lady Crane says, oh, you have a, a nice face and your eyes uh, are pretty and, you know, you can act with your eyebrows. Good job. And everyone's like, yeah, we knew that already. Yeah. Uh, um, so then, basically, the uh, Lady Crane is about to, like, drink the, the rum and... Arya goes through and uh, pushes out of her hand and like smashes it, and then basically blames the um, the other actress who yeah. was playing Sansa. Uh, Sansa, I yeah. think, and because you could see that she was mouthing the words back when um, they were actually doing the play. So we are led to believe that maybe it was her that um, ordered the death of Lady Crane, because you would, according to the rules that I heard about, you can't kill somebody you know. Uh, but you can't, like, stop it. Once you've been ordered to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. So um, this actually brought up another qu- question. Did maybe Cersei hear through the little birds that she was, that Lady Crane was um, acting as her, and then it wasn't a nice um, portrayal? Well, and that's why she died? I, do, I, I think the rules are meant more for the assassins. I mean, you're if you're one buying a contract, you're likely going to buy it for someone that you know because you want them to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant I meant for the people who are like the, the killers. Do the killing, yeah. Um, no, I think it's likely that uh, the the other actress did it. She just didn't want to be obvious about it. Yeah. Okay. You, you want to move up in the world? You gotta lean in. To assassins <laughs> the sh- and tell them to kill the person you the want to Cheryl die for. The Cheryl Sand Snake method. <laughs> yes, the Cheryl Sand Snake. Uh, okay. So, anyways, she Arya becomes best friends with Lady Crane, and she does not kill her. And then mm-hmm. she, like, leaves and says, oh, I gotta go, my father's waiting for me, I gotta go, which is a nice little, like, oh, Arya, yeah. your, d- your daddy's dead. Um, so she goes back to those rocks where she had hidden Needle, her, her sword, mm-hmm. g- grabs it back. Um, we find out that the waif knows everything about what's happening. Of course. And she's, she tells Jack and Hagar, and uh, basically rats on her. Jack and Hagar says, well, while well, he's um, peeling someone's face off, well, don't let her suffer. And then you, it goes straight over to Arya be, going to bed in the same place. I, I think she was, like, waiting. I think she knew what was going to happen. Well, yeah, something's definitely going to happen. I mean, that's why she had um, Needle. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like you're just going to go wait in, like, a corner, like, and wait for things to happen. Like, why don't you just leave right away? They'll, and then they'll t- find her. It's better to, like, know who's... Because I know... She should know who's coming for her because it's always been the fucking wave. So anyone that like approaches her, she'll know like to kill him. True, and I guess if she is in that one spot, if the waif has a different face and she doesn't recognize her, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she'll just know that somebody's coming for her. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then we move on a little bit. 
Um, then we go to... I should uh, go back to... Back to River Run, where Walder Frey, uh, the Lord of the Crossing, and the head of House Frey, uh, who is also played by Philtrum Harry Potter, um, he's talking to his stupid sons, and he's smacking some of his young girls' butts, and just being, like, generally the worst character we want to see, so we can, you know, be happy when he eventually dies. Um, this would be a lot more... Uh, fulfilling had he died earlier, especially closer to the Red Wedding, because if you're taking liberties with the script, you may as well start throwing some good fan fiction in early guys. <laughs> but they haven't talked about this, about Walter Frey for a long time, so all of a sudden he's back in the show. Um, I mean, we knew he was going to show up because of the uh, previously on. Is he, is he not angry that Ramsey Bolton... He doesn't Basically really fucking care. About his, he um, only cares about his little river places and his little bridge. He doesn't care about the north, obviously. Um, and he is just a man with such pride and horrible, disgusting teeth. They're also keeping Enmure Tully as a prisoner. And, uh, and that was from the Red Wedding, I yeah, believe. Like, they, they want us to remember who the fuck these people are, and while I do understand that everything that Walder Frey says in this scene is to catch us up on what ha previously happened, but if they want to um, actually, you know, keep the story moving, they could have small scenes about, you know, what these other people are doing, these other lords of the houses. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to use the previously on Game of Thrones before yeah. every episode... Then why include this scene to begin with? Right. I mean, we, we know that things happened ages ago. Yeah, and he is just reiterating what was shown on the previously on. Yeah. And like, I don't care who the fucking Blackfish is. Like, what he do? He's a good fighter. He has people that will help the North. But, like, he isn't a character that we are invested in at all. No. So he's just, like, some other dude that's just throwing in there for time. Like, if you're gonna include this, then you probably should have wanted to take out the part where Arya was getting hit in the face. Yes, please, Every God. episode. Yeah, for, like, four fucking episodes, she's just hit in the face, hit in the face, I mean, if we had, like, five minutes in each place, and we were like, oh, that's the Blackfish, oh, this is Edmure Tully. Oh, these things are happening concurrently with the story. Yeah, that it's not, like, pause. At some point, culminate. But no, we're just going to throw this scene in here randomly because we need to, like, catch the audience up when we could have been doing that with any other scene, with any other extended scene. Oh, we could have even done it with um, with Bran having those, like, downloaded the, visions. Yes, like, like, that would have been fine. We would have been like, oh, okay, else. the Red Wedding, it happened. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, we get it. Good God. Anyway. This is Grown of Thrones. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, so, okay, then we head over to the Dothraki lands, because I don't know exactly know where it is. Um, they're just, like, marching to the sea. I won't, I was gonna say where it is, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so it's on the other continent. How many continents are there? Two. In the whole maybe, world? Maybe Old Valeria, but that's, like, no one goes there. Oh. And there's some islands, but, like, there's... Is this a very small there's earth? The, there's, like, the wall and, like... King's Landing continent, and then there's the Dothraki continent with all the slavers. Uh, okay, so Marine and the Dothraki continent are It's all on that one same, other thing. Okay. They're all spread out. It's like Russia and China over there. Alright, so they're heading over to Marine, actually, right? Because they're gonna board a ship. Okay, so the, the funny thing is, da Daenerys doesn't know about those ships being burnt. Yeah. So, but she's like, huh, who has a thousand ships? Looks at camera. 
<laughs> Not yet. Looks a camera. God damn it, Daenerys. Um, so she, yeah, she asked Dario how many ships she's gonna need for all these uh, Dothraki, and he says, oh, about a thousand. Yeah, Which Euron Greyjoy was just like, let's build a thousand ships. I mean, a thousand's a good number to throw around, but uh, like when you actually need to, you know, take count of the men that you have uh, in your Dothraki army, and then your second sons and your Unsullied and anyone else that will be ready to join your cause, actually take a fucking census. And then figure out how many and ships you need. I wouldn't trust Dario to, to say anything. Doesn't know shit. This guy only knows about how to please a woman in bed. Yeah. That's all he can and do. And how to throw a knife. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to be right back. And then she goes around the corner and voila, there's Drogon, yep. which could have been helpful a couple episodes ago. I mean, if he was just chilling and she kind of intuitively knew where he was... Then great, we could have used him, but I guess now's a good time as any to fly back and leave all of your men behind. Right. Like, are you gonna just circle above them? What are you gonna fucking do? They said it was gonna okay. take a week ride. But before that. Okay, sorry, I'm gonna carry it away. She <laughs> she makes all the Dothraki swear their allegiance to her again because so, they didn't just fucking bow down to her in the last episode. Well, yeah, but they didn't know why they were doing that. Now they know because she's a she's, bitch. Right, but now she they know she's gonna take them across the the sea and kill all the people in the stone houses. Yeah, so this is the scene that everyone's talking about, uh, whether or not Danny might be coming either mad or evil, where she might become a villain, because her speech here is very, like, you know, Dothraki-ish and kind of, you know, revving them up for the mission to come. But at the same time, she knows how the Dothraki operate. They rape and they kill and they destroy. So if she wants to inflict uh, all of... Um, Westeros with Dothraki people, they're gonna, like, cause some shit. I mean, she wants to, like, destroy their homes, like, these uh, stone houses, and then kill the men in the iron suits and stuff like that, so, I mean, girl can get it done, but she's not gonna win over any loyalty from, like, the low, poor peasants that are gonna have their women raped and lands destroyed from her new invading army. I would hope that basically just the sheer volume of people in the Dothraki hordes would be enough to intimidate everybody else. Yeah. But, I mean, these people are going to be useless going up to the north fighting those White Walkers. I mean, they're also going to be useless coming off of a boat, because you saw the first time they were on a boat, they were, like, all sprawled out, sick to their stomachs, they can't handle fucking boats at all. So, if her numbers dwindle across the ocean, that's going to kind of suck. Yeah. Alright, so then that was the basic basic outline of the episode. This was a really fast, a quick, dirty version of what happened in this episode. Yeah, because very little also happened in this episode. Yeah, but we did set up a lot of things. So, um, do you have any predictions for this one, Joshua? Uh, not really, because there's so little that actually happened. Like, Mira got a few steps, and uh, Danny went and got her for dragon. For her Fitbit. Yeah, for her Fitbit. <laughs> she gotta get those steps in. Get those steps, girl. Um... Yeah, so I, I guess I'll predict that Mira's going to get more steps. She's going to reach her goal. 10,000 steps in a day. Good for her. Lose that weight. Um, otherwise, uh, I think there's going to be some bills to pay as far as the people that made that fancy armor that Tom had ordered, I guess, months ago. Who, who fucking knew? Who, he doesn't have any money either. They're always talking about how much I mean, they're in always debt. in debt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, 
Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to predict. Here's a real prediction, okay? I'm going to predict, predict that the sand snakes are going to come and fight the mountain. It'll be like a three-on-one. Oh, But nice. I think they're going to lose. Um, I predict that the Ironborn are going to head over to Marine right in time for all those Dothraki to hang out there. Um, something's going to happen because she's not going to be happy that... Or that Daenerys will not be happy about them aligning themselves with the religion, uh, with the religious fanatics, the Lords of the Light and whatever. Uh-huh. Um, which is actually funny because both of those kingdoms, now, as we talked about last time, I think, yeah. the King's Landing with the Faith Militant and the Marine with the Lord of the Light people. And then you have the Ironborn with their fucking drowned god. Yeah. So, like, religion and politics don't mix, and you no. should never ta- mention them in a dinner conversation. Or to an acquaintance. But... Or to your queen. Or to your queen. Um, so I think that things are going to go bad there. And then uh, Drogon's going to fly over and... I mean, she should just go and light King's Landing on fire right now. Yeah, well, no one's suspecting with it. all that um that green stuff, that wildfire. Yeah. And boom. boom. So that's what should happen. That, um, will that happen? Who knows? Do you think uh, that... Yara will, like, basically steal Euron's plan, like she stole his ships, and go uh, to help Danny. Yeah, that's what I think that's what's gonna actually happen. happening? I okay. mean, I don't think that his ships would be built in time for her. Oh, fuck no. A th- like, he wants a thousand ships, right? Yeah. With what fucking timber on those fucking bare-ass iron islands. Yeah. It seems like this episode, or at least like these, ca- these last couple of episodes, have been written by different people, and they're kind of going over the same material, like the fact about the f- a thousand ships and you just talked about it in the last episode. Yep. It's like you, we, we Game of Thrones people, we pay attention. Like, okay, it, it takes a while to learn the characters' names in season one because you're new to it. But once you get that down, you don't need to talk down to us. We know who everyone is. Right. Like they are writing for idiots now. I don't understand who the audience is. It's certainly not me. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, that's all we have to say for that. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, Joshua? You can find me and my ridiculous opinions on Twitter at jprices.right. Great. And you can find me on, uh, inter- on the internets. Me too. Uh, twitter.com slash yoprice and on Instagram at 80price where you can see my artwork. Uh, you can find more episodes on ForTheWatchPodcast.com. And tune in next week where we will talk about see episode 7 and see if... Anything happens. If anything happens, which I'm sure it will. I think Jamie is about to do something. Got my fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For the watch. For the watch. This podcast is brought to you by Rhyme and Reason. Find episodes of Rhyme and Reason Radio on RhymeandReason.com slash podcast.